only people who have embraced God can see death and smile and say there is glory here. Because honestly, sometimes I'm still afraid of death. COVID happened, I already edited my will and testament in fear if I die. As a Christian, through this COVID, I am learning to embrace death from those who I've seen embrace death. Jesus Christ himself mentioned that um, our God's not the God of the dead, but he is the God of the living. We must understand that our spirit could be alive or dead, and our goal is to keep our spirits alive. I think the very foundation of our faith is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that's why there's always hope. Death is just uh, passing through, right? And I think that's the Christian faith. That's what we believe in. But at the same time, I think this is something very Asian for us that we don't talk about death. We don't like to talk about death. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Narrow Door. What's up, guys? My name is Sam. Please say hello to my friends. Brother J. Paul Fernandez is lay preacher at The Feast. Instructor Harold Resho is instructor at New Heaven and New Earth, Shinchenji Church of Jesus. And Pastor Dennis C. is head pastor at Victory Green Hills. We are an ecumenical podcast. And today, I actually wanted to talk about death because the airing for this episode is November 2, which is All Souls Day. It's the day where we remember our loved ones who have passed. And I thought maybe it's a sad day for some people, although in this country, we go out and we celebrate and we hang out with our loved ones. And um, but still, you know, death hanging in the air. As Christians, we have a pretty unique optimistic view about death and maybe we can look into the bible and see what it tells us about death and what is this hope that we hold on to but before all of that as of this recording <laughs> before, i do my own effects it is the 23rd um, of october today and yesterday the internet was a buzz with this news about a documentary that premiered at the romeville festival this past wednesday called francesco about pope francis and it included fresh interviews from him and there was a quote um, of the pope and it's widely understood now as the pope endorsing same-sex civil unions, and there has been a bit of an uproar. If what I see online is any indication, there's a lot of confusion, I think. And as an ecumenical podcast with two Catholics in the mix, I thought maybe we should talk about this. I just want some clarity, I think. What is it that the Pope said? I'm also hearing things about him maybe being wrongly translated from the Spanish. Um, However, I'm also seeing people... In the church, bishops, priests, archbishops already reacting to all of this. And so I'm just a little confused. And so I don't want to jump on the hate train or the bash train or anything like that. Just get a clear understanding of what was said and how I'm supposed to now react to this as a Catholic. What an intro. Dang. (laughs) Oh, so long. First of all, um, Sam, I'm worried that you're hearing stuff, you know, by yourself. You're <laughs> This is stuff I'm seeing online. No, but you're right. We've said this so many times. Guys, the thing that we do is we go online and I see a wide array of reactions and, you know, how this is being understood. I just want to be clear on what I'm reacting to. So, Brother J. Paul, take it away. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Hi. <laughs> it's it's really my podcast, the last few episodes. Um, <laughs> um, no, but really, uh, it's really, what a fun Thursday. It was a very busy Thursday and then this erupts. <laughs> like, you know, it's like a call center. I'm, I'm, I'm like a customer service representative for the Catholic Church. It's like, what do you think? I don't know. I'm not Pope Francis, but then, you know, you have to do your own research and, and stuff like that. I love what um, while we so for those who don't you know are not with us every day, um, we have a, um, a WhatsApp group, a Viber, a WhatsApp chat, the the four of us, and I love what um, Pastor Daniel said. What is the official statement of the Vatican? And and it's really funny. And 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 I wanted to respond, but I was sleepy. So really, 
there's no official stand because there is nothing to officially promote because we're not changing the biblical teaching. So here's what happened. Um, they interviewed him. It's like a long interview and they cut stuff from the interview and projected that. So basically, and there's, I love this priest who was saying, before you say anything, please understand Spanish. So it was a wrong, um, uh, how do you say, translation of the Spanish. So of the Spanish translation, it was say, he was saying, so it's, I guess I can relate it to cancel culture, uh, an episode that we did just recently. So Pope Francis was being asked, do basically do LGBT people have rights? And of course, as a Christian, every human being has the right to human dignity or rights of a family. So what, and I was really upset when people understood like, so just because you're gay, you don't deserve a family. Like you, you should be taken out of your um, parents, brothers, because that's what they're saying. Just because you're this, you don't deserve love. They're like, oh my, that's, and then what? And so there's the civil union. So it's a long interview and they just cut out. And he was saying, why do people need a law? Because people are being persecuted. He's not saying that the church advocates um, homosexual marriage, but for those who are experiencing um, um, persecution and stuff like that, they, they need to be legally protected because no one's protecting them. That they, it has to be a law. It is not even human culture. I, if we go back to episode one of Narrow Door, we always talk about uh, Imago Dei and everyone deserves love. So and 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 even if just let's go to the farthest side, even if Pope Francis is advocating this, I'm not saying he is, even if the Catholic Church does not have the right to change biblical truth. So it, it's not in our power. It's already been revealed. It's already been written. So we are just, you know, carrying out the word of the Lord. So, you know, so those are my two cents. I guess as a, as a Catholic who, yes, you know, heard all of this yesterday, um, my confusion comes from why there is no clarification when there has been all of this, you know, uh, violent reactions online. I feel like, you know, if they see that, oh, okay, this is the reaction to this documentary that has been released and the Catholics are now saying that they're confused, then I feel like the church should say something about that. Um, I don't know, maybe it's too early and we have yet to see something like that released. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, with you today, I just wanted to ask some clarification because well, I'm pretty so sure, hard. Sam, when this episode is aired, People have forgotten it. Oh, gosh. The two-week lifespan <laughs> of a scandal um, and, yeah, being canceled and all of that. How, I just want to ask, like, you know, Instructor Harold and Pastor Dennis, as people of the faith but who are outside the Catholic Church, when you guys see something like this going down, like, what are you guys, what are you guys thinking? Well, since we have been also victims of uh, fake news in the past or trying to be understood from an outside context, we always wait for the official statement. And that's why that was the question I asked Jay Paul. If there's an official statement, that's where I believe. I can't believe CNN. I can't believe all this, you know, until it comes out from the horse's mouth that this is our stand. We've changed doctrines. And that's where... That's where I say, okay, let's talk about it, right? And, and I think there are many times you can be misinterpreted. They could uh, splice videos, and they've done that to some of our pastors and create a, a theology that was really wrong by splicing videos. And some people just have, those, uh, have a lot of time to do those things. You know, and uh, maybe they're looking for controversies. I, I don't know. Yeah. So I always go back and say, you know, let's go. And what's your statement about this? And, and that's when 
that's when I start to react whether it's biblical or not. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a healthy way of going yeah. about it. It's so easy to like be reactive just, you know, the minute you hear something and then, of course, put all of that online and then it causes more confusion. Let's just clarify things first and then go from there. Instructor Harold. Uh, yes, I agree. Um, it's important for us to know um, exactly what the um, Catholic um, Church stands for, for that issue. And uh, somehow I can say that I know how it feels when people try to judge you without even clarifying things directly from you and try to judge without even any basis. And uh, really what I hope for is, um, is that everything uh, will be clarified as soon as possible and everything will be okay. And the best um, contribution that maybe I can do is to really pray for our brothers and sisters in the Catholic Church that, yes, um, hopefully everything will be settled and everything will be clarified, especially in the public because uh, the public just judge right then and there. But we need more clarification. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. Okay. Having said all of that, let us now then get to our main topic. By the way, I feel like I need to introduce to you guys to my sleeves. I brought the sleeves today. This look was cute for like five minutes, I think, sometime last year. Just, yeah, the boys really want a fashion update from you. Yeah, me. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, <laughs> we don't care, Sam. Thanks to you, Sam. Grabe. So nice. Oh, they're sweet. Okay. So, yes, let's talk about death. As we said earlier, us Christians, you know, we have a... This is probably the most positive view on death of all the belief systems in the world. Am I right? Am I wrong on this? Because we feel like we are going to live beyond, you know, our physical existence right now. And in fact, what's waiting for us on the other side is way more beautiful than what we are experiencing here. And that is like what we hold on to in this life of faith. That is what we want to attain. And so I wanted to just kind of have like a free-flowing conversation with you guys. And like, what do we see in the Bible that gives us this hope? What are we holding on to? It's kind of a broad topic, I think. So start wherever you, you want. Just go for it. I yes. think Harold hasn't been speaking for a few episodes. I think, you know, he, he can get uh, a big chunk of airtime. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think that's... Um... I'm again being volunteer, but basically since our topic for today is about what does the Bible say about death, um, we have to go back to the Bible. And even uh, King Solomon actually wrote um, in the book of Ecclesiastes that when we die, our body will go back to the ground, but our spirit will go back to God. So we, with that, we know that we have our physical being and we have our spiritual being. And I think before I'm able to share that both of these things are important, but what's more important is actually our spiritual being. But also, we have to like look at the, uh, maybe focus on the physical aspect first. Um, we, we are able to have this physical being because we receive the seed from our father. Oh, here we go. Our father, um, Makes its appearance again. <laughs> because it's been a long time that yeah. I wasn't able to mention that seed. And then our father, when we are growing up, is the one to provide us the things that we need. Um, and basically, he also provides us the food. Um, but when we will try to apply it in the spiritual context, our spiritual being, we also have to receive the spiritual seed from our spiritual father, who is God. And that is his way of giving us life. But this is not only the end. He also provides us our spiritual food. And that's actually the, the word of God. So um, this word of God is important because Jesus Christ himself explained that man does not live on bread alone pertaining to the physical food that we eat. But we need to live on the word that is coming out from the mouth of God. Meaning we need the word of God for us to, to live. And when we are spiritually hungry, then we need to ask food. But to whom should we ask this spiritual food? From our spiritual father who is God. And for sure, he will provide us this food that will satisfy our hunger and the food that will give us life. Um, I think I mentioned a while ago that that is pertaining to the word because John chapter 1 verse 1 says that the word is God and in him was life. So when we receive this, we are 
um, giving life to our spirit. And since I've mentioned a while ago that the spirit is important to, to make it alive um, because Jesus Christ himself mentioned that um, our God is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but he is the God of the living. But ironically, during that time, these three gentlemen were long dead. It's because even though their physical body had died, but their spirits in the eyes of God are still alive. So therefore, in the eyes of God, we must understand that our spirit could be alive or dead, and our goal is to keep our spirits alive at the end of the day. Oh, ho, ho, ho. okay. Right, tapos na episode. <laughs> I, uh, I vote that uh, next time Harold answers, he needs to eliminate the word seed and parable <laughs> and see if he can explain. Ooh, <laughs> it's gonna be hard. A challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can I just clarify something because you because you've said this many times on the show, but to be completely honest with you, like I'm not sure if I really get it. Um, don't really. <laughs> Thank you for opening it up now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like it only took you 30 something episodes to ask. So not baka fake nung yes mo dati, ganun. Hindi, no, 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 no. <laughs> just kidding, no, just kidding. <laughs> there's something that I think like you keep saying and I know that it's a Bible verse which is, you know, the word being God and the God being the word and all of that and I know that God's word is powerful. I know that um like you know, you hear how God like just spoke everything into creation, right? Like all he had to do was, you know, to make all of this was just like, say it. And there it was, right? But when you say God is the word, like that is such a direct now saying word, God, you know, equal sign. I'm like, what does that mean exactly? Okay, uh, so first, thank you for being totally honest. <laughs> yeah. Because if you wouldn't ask, then I wouldn't be able to clarify. And I think if if that's not clear for you, some for uh, some of our audience might not be um, clear for them as well. So when when we say that the word is God, we know that first thing that God is spirit. John chapter four verse twenty four, um, God is spirit, and His worshiper must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And uh, since He is spirit. And uh, we know that God is also using the physical creation or the things that we can see here on earth to express something spiritual based in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. God gave us the word or the Bible that we have right now in order for us to know him, to know his will, even to know his plans for us. And when we understand the word, then we can say that we also know God. And that's why for us, the way we understand it, the word is God. It's because God is using this as a means of communication for us to know him and understand who he is. Okay, so <clears throat> it's like, because as you said, God is spirit. I'm not spirit yet. But um, God wants to reveal himself to me. And because he wants to have a relationship with me and all that good stuff. And so the only way he can do that, since I'm a physical, you know, human being, is through something that I can read, which is my scripture, which is the Bible. So that's, that's what you mean, right? And so when I'm yes. in, so when I die and am spirit and God is spirit, will I now be able to just see him? Yes, spirit. that's the way we understand it. Yes. Okay. So all of you guys understood this, and I'm a, I was the only one who was pretending that I knew what this meant. Secret. <laughs> well, because the word is God, and the seed is just, <laughs> just trying an impersonation of Harry. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, okay. What do you yeah. What, yeah, what do you want to add to that? Well, I think I, I get the concept of Harold. Maybe I'll just say it uh, on a more simpler term, right? Because sometimes the uh, seed and the word, you know, so those are illustrative. You know, you can use different illustrations to say the same point. And but I love the consistency of Harold of 
using the same illustration. So I think on the 35th episode, our people will get it already. Because <laughs> it took me like 32, guys. Yes. So, you know. So three more episodes. <laughs> what do you want to add to that? Like, or, or Brother J. Paul, did you want to add anything? I'm just trolling. I'm just chatting yes. you guys. You're so funny. So Brother Jay Paul does this thing. Like we're recording and he will keep chatting with us in the chat box. <laughs> no, because Pastor Dennis was saying that Harold is consistent and consistency mm. is a good value of a good husband. So, <laughs> so ladies. Thank you, Brother Jay Paul. <laughs> you know his email address. Okay. Um... <laughs> Let's yeah, go sorry, to there. But... Yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> on a serious note, yeah, yeah, in a, yeah, probably um because uh we we think that God looks like us, like how we are, it, it's gonna be I don't know, nobody has seen it in a spiritual form. So we're gonna be in our spiritual form <laughs> if you really go into it. So it's gonna be different. We, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll visit you if, if I go early and, and like, Lord, I need to just tell Sam. But, you know, uh, that's not theologically right, guys. So please, uh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't bash me on that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really, that's how we understand. Because um, as, I, as we have spoken to our all our episodes, we have understood this. We have understood God. In, in a journey. So this is how we understand and this is how we think. We're not really sure in, in, in totality. Okay. So yes, let's go back to death then. Pastor D, like what do you want to tell us about, you know, what the Bible says about death and why we are hopeful about the life that is waiting for us after yeah. death? I think the very foundation of our faith is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, that's why there's always hope. Uh, death is just uh, passing through, right? We need, we need to be buried to come alive, right? And I think that's the Christian faith. That's what we believe in. But at the same time, I think this is something very Asian for us that we don't talk about death. We don't like to talk about death. It is uh, when my mom died years ago, uh, two years ago, three years ago, I think. Um, we've never talked about death, about real estate planning, about all these things, because even when we knew she was, God was going to take her already, it's just a conversation nobody wanted to get into because my parents didn't want to talk about it. It was like we saw death as an enemy. And we're Christian. We're a Christian family. Yet there's a very negative angle to how many Christians see death. And I think, uh, honestly, I've never contemplated on it until th this year, maybe because I turned a year older again, and you just know that every day, every day you're nearer to death. That's reality, right, for all of us. And and this year when when my best friend died, Kobe Bryant, <laughs> <laughs> no, we had two members of our church that were very dear to us pre-COVID that died. One was nine years old, friend of my <gasps> daughter, and the other one was a uh, one of the most extroverted people I've met, full of joy, full of life, died. Same day. It was the oh. toughest week for me as a pastor to go to two different funerals that were like shocked for everyone. Right? And, uh, and, and so it made me contemplate. I was crying the whole, uh, I think, three days. I couldn't, you know, it was so hard to be a pastor that week. But then I had to show up because I was to do the the ritual of, of, of the pastoral duties, you know, of burying the death, uh, the dead. But I guess I haven't contemplated on it until this year. And I, and, and I think I read a book about death by Henry Nguyen, who's a Catholic theologian. And I, that got me thinking. Because uh, I don't want to think about death. In fact, if you go to church circles, we pray against death. Right, the spirit of death. We come against you. We we speak life over you right now. Right, and we would pray those things because death is always the enemy. Death is the villain. 
And in fact, the doctor's job is to inform loved ones if someone is going to die. And then when the doctor says that, they call the minister, right? So I'm next in line. Okay, it's your job, pastor. Come here. And that's why I don't like to go to ICU because our members would say, okay, is God taking me away? Why is pastor here, right? And, and that's, that's always the scenario uh, for us. And, and so when God says, love your enemy, <laughs> personally for me, it's like, should I befriend death? I'm not saying take your life, but the reality that all of us will die. And am I ready to face death? Those are things that I asked. Uh, am I ready to face death? How do I see death? Because I know how I see life, but I've never really contemplated about how I see death. Is there peace when it happens to me or my loved one? What if God takes away my wife or my kid right? or me? Right? How, how would that feel? So when my mom died two years ago, I had the same questions, yet I was afraid to make it personal. Have you ever done this, Sam or, or J. Paul or Harold, where we, when we preach, we say, uh, are we afraid of death? But change the word we to I. Changes everything. Am I afraid of death? You see, when we use the word we, we deflect it right? as Let's talk about it because right? I don't want to talk about it to myself, right? But then when it's I, am I afraid of death? Oh, that's different. When I ask the question, are we afraid of death? My answer is no. But if I say, am I afraid of death? I think I am. Wow, <laughs> right? that's so honest. Yeah, right? Yeah. And, and I think those are the contemplative questions we need to ask ourselves, right? I need to make it personal. And when the two, two of my friends died, February of the same day, it made me ask the personal question, am I afraid of death? Because this was so sudden. This was like a nine-year-old who was so full of life. This was one of the most joyful person I know who just died on her, uh, while sleeping. Right? And, and so Henry, let me just quote Henry Nguyen. He said this, when we befriend our mortality, we become better warriors and stronger resistors through the power of love. Right? I think the narrative of death, and we've seen it in the COVID, right? Uh, guys, don't go out. Guys, you'll get the virus. Act like you have the virus, doctors would say. I don't want to live that way, right? Because we know we cannot live that way for two years. Act like you have the virus, which means I'm not going out ever for two years. I'm not going to the grocery. I'm not having my hair cut. I'm not going to have religious gatherings because I'm going to act like I have the virus. It's always a narrative of fear. There's always like, that's the enemy. That's the enemy. But how many doctors have befriended death? And that's why they've served the community. How many ministers have befriended death by going out? It's because they're at peace with death. But when we see death as the enemy, we'll always be paranoid. We'll always be like, no, I need to live the full life. I don't want to die yet. But who knows when God will take you? Right? And the classic evangelical question, if you die today, <laughs> where will you go? Have you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Right? It's like death is the enemy, but is it really the enemy? Right? Well, so those are some of my thoughts about it. I actually blogged about it because you know, it got me asking. Right? And it got me doing some financial planning also. For my insurance. <laughs> Gives you some perspective, death. Um, is this your Act Like a Man blog? I, I you blogged think, it? Yeah, I yeah? Think early this year. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, wow, okay. Um, many takeaways from that. It's, yes, again, I'm, you know, I appreciate your honesty. I feel like maybe, gosh, maybe people who are in positions of like being a pastor or a preacher or an instructor, just, you know, positions where you're supposed to be leading people. Maybe it's something that people don't really expect you to say. They're maybe expecting you to just always reassure them and encourage them. But, you know, hearing you talk like that just made me think about, wow, yes, you're in a position to lead and guide people, but you also have these personal questions that you ask yourself. Yeah. And the fear of death, I mean, gosh, especially in the time of COVID, I think, I guess it's like what I was thinking about was this, people take it 
many different ways. And yeah, I don't know how many of us can live the unforeseeable future, you know, trapped inside our homes, being afraid to step out. Like there needs to be some sort of balance, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about being afraid of death, personally, what I was thinking was, I'm afraid of a painful death, a long, dragged out, painful death. Um, it's scary also because it's, it's the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, you've heard many things, but really, do you really know until you're there? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And then, of course, as Christians, we know that on the other side, it's one of two things. Well, for Catholics, there's, you know, it's three things. But, you know, so this is why we are living out this life of faith here. Um, so kind of sounds like all over the place. But that's what I was thinking yeah. while I was listening to you talk. Brother Jay. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love this discussion. Um I forget the the show but I was listening to an episode on a podcast a few weeks or months ago about imaginative apologetics. There's a new way of doing apologetics. It's through stories. And it, it was not really planned, but it was really the fathers were uh Lewis CS Lewis and um Tolkien they didn't know that it will be used. So there's this wonderful line. Um, it was one of the most powerful and also in the movie, uh, uh, Return of the King, third, third in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And so one of the... DVD or say, book? DVD or book? <laughs> both, both, both. Um, he was asking Ganda. So, so the ring rates were attacking Gondor. And, and and then one of the hobbits, I think it was, I'm not sure if it's Merry or Pippin. He was asking Gandalf, Gandalf will lose and then we're going to die. And then G- Gandalf like gave him this look like, and said, but you see, death is just the next chapter. And it was so like, <gasps> and, and that was the, the, the thing. And there was a girl who was telling that story. And she said, when she, she was atheist all her life. And then she found out that Tolkien was Catholic and it was like a reinterpretation. It's a Christian, very Christian book. It led her to her conversion. She was cursing Tolkien first, like for months to years <laughs> until she couldn't anymore. And then she became, she became Christian. It was very, very powerful. And I guess that's it. Uh, as what Pastor Dennis was saying, that yeah, we're, we, we preach about God, but we're really afraid. We, there's this very Catholic talk or joke like who wants to go to heaven yeah raise your hand who wants to go now <laughs> <laughs> there's this um one of our leaders one of uh, really good friends name is paul bakani um so they have their, their eldest daughter was 12 years old and they've been praying for 12 years for a son or, or a daughter another child he he was in church but you know really found God in, 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 in the feast and really just sometimes he would tell me Bible stuff that I didn't even know, like that intense. And uh, when I was pregnant, when I was pregnant, whoa, my wife whoa, was pregnant whoa, Gray, whoa, quite the revelation there. Yeah. When, so when we were pregnant with Gray, <laughs> um, they got pregnant too after 12 years. And this guy, they were really like, the, like foundations of the feast, Green Hills, like, like so many people met God through them. So many people strengthened their faith through them. They're like God really used them. So Gray was born like three months before their son, Caleb. So they texted, um, okay, labor time. So I waited an hour. And then, so I went to this um, store um, in near Green Hills, DEC. So bot show my, because you know, it's why I'm gonna bring food because you know labor is hard and so I'm gonna bring food and then I'm gonna like you know bring drinks because we're gonna celebrate in the reco- after recovery room etc. I wasn't checking my phone, so church people was already were already there, and I arrived like hey guys I have the food and then the, and then one of our top leaders saying why why. 
born still born the kid was still born and the mom didn't know because she was passed out and there was there were so many complications that they had they had to remove the uterus at that moment so no listen imagine they lose their kid and 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 she removes the uterus gets removed without her knowledge because she was already in a drug induced thing and then family was crying and then there was a problem with blood and you know we did the churchiest thing that we could do two of us and two of the two, four two teams we got the blood another bought a casket for a one foot baby because that's what church does and and, and the whole week of of of, of it um I was just enamored because this guy was just really loved. And I was surprised feasts from different cities as far as Alabang were coming. Like, what? Do you know each other? Like, how? I don't know. And, and just leaders from different people. We were just crying. And, and, and I said, how do you know him? We served in one big event. How do you know him? Oh, I just... When I, when I served with him, I knew Jesus was with him. And, and, and I need to be here. Like, Wow. And you see, here's the thing. Before their son died, I asked him to start uh, planting a church in Cubao. And I was ready to say, I was telling him, he said, J. Paul, give me three months to mourn. And I, was, I, I talked to him, bro, are you, are you, you know, we can give this mission to somebody else. And said, no, just give me time. And then they started it. They started, and I said, are you done mourning? No. I'm crying every night. I'm still angry at God. But just because my son died doesn't mean God is not loving. <laughs> I don't know if I even had that faith. And every time, you know, every Sunday, my wife would cry when he would just embrace my son. Because they were supposed, we were the whole nine months we were talking, you know, when they grow up, they'll grow up in church. You know, we already had a vision of that. And, and then their, their, their marriage, I mean, you know what, brother? Planting this church is what keeps our marriage strong. It's like, what? What? And before COVID, we've already decided, Feb, January, February, we've already planned it out that feast, light, Kubao will now become a legit feast. We already got contracts, everything. And then I come to him and then saying, brother, um, thank you for everything. But, you know, we, we were discerning. I think we're going to bring another builder to build. Can you serve under him? And, and he said, bro, I never want to be a preacher. I just want to serve. I, I just want to plant churches and just let me, let me do it. And I and, that's, that whole journey was two or three years. And until today, if I call him up, he say he's still mourning. But in his mourning, he has found the glory of God. And, and I guess I'm saying that because only people who have embraced God can, can see death and smile and say there's glory here. So only his glory, only God's glory can be revealed. Because honestly, sometimes I'm still afraid of death. COVID happened. I already edited my will and testament in fear if I die. So I'm not even personally, I'm afraid of death. If, if we're talking about that. Just because I know I want to be with God, but I'm afraid for the financial side of my family. Mm. Will they be taken care of? So, so that's actually my biggest fear in that. I, I want to be with God. I, I want to worship Him. I want to be in His glory. Hopefully, I get into heaven first. <laughs> but, but I'm afraid of the process and what happens to my family. I don't want my son to grow up with a father. So, but yeah, um, as, a, as, a, as a Christian, every day through this COVID, I am learning to embrace death from those who I've seen embrace death. That 
is so powerful. And I was worried a bit there, like halfway into the story, like, oh my goodness, I wanted to do a death topic that was uplifting. I think we're all going to spiral into a depression now. <laughs> but you came through, <laughs> Brother J. Paul. That's why I Wow. <laughs> this is why he's a preacher, guys. This is how it's done. That is... I honestly did not see that angle coming um, as I came into, you know, this recording today. And that is, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, Sam, I don't know if you know little Joey, the DJ. Of so, course. Yes. Yeah. Joey is from our church and he almost died last year going to La Union. His what? car spiraled in, in the expressway. And when he was in the hospital, I think he was saying to the Lord, Lord, uh, Lord, please, you know, heal me, Lord, you know. And then he said, Lord, I know you'll ask me to do more things. And I promise I'll do more things for you. And he just heard the Lord said to him, uh, it doesn't even matter if you'll do things for me. I just love you and I'll heal you. Ooh, right? so it's beautiful. not like. I'm not going to heal you because you're going to do more things for me. I'm healing you because you're my son, you know? And I think that's what J Paul was saying. It's about the love of the father and it's not, you know, and there are many revelations when it comes to death. That's why it's easiest to preach on a funeral service. So Is he, it really? Oh my God. Everybody gosh. goes there with the reality of death. And, and it's like our, it's like our biggest uh, platform to preach funeral. <gasps> That's why I don't oh, want to miss a funeral because I love preaching in funerals because of the resurrection and the hope. And I'm preaching to myself every time that I need this hope and I need to be at peace with death. And that's why I'm sharing this message to you guys. Wow. I, that's a little insight into the world of the pastors, you know, love preaching at funerals. Did not we know call that. It gigs. We call yeah. it gigs. Your favorite gig is the funeral. That is so fascinating. It's Dr. Harold, I saw you got really emotional there listening to Brother J. Paul's story. I, I saw you were you, crying. You not, you, I'm not crying. You're crying. You were. What were you thinking? Um, I thought I was listening to an MMK episode uh, about that story. And uh, I, I just remember um, times in my life when uh, just like, um, when my uh, father passed away um, four years ago, um, that that time that when you are mourning and you want to continue with your life of faith and you want to understand why these things are happening in your life. And um, it just reminds me of that time that I was so down that the only thing that I can do is to really seek God and ask for his help because he's, he's the one who will be able to help me in this situation and he's the one who can give me the hope, the life that I need. And even, even though it's hard during that time and whenever I remember my father, um, it's hard because even though that's years ago, you know that you would want to be uh, you would want to be with your loved one and hold on to the life that he has and really spend more time with each other. But it ended. And even though that happened, I know that God is still in control of everything and that he is just and he will be able to um, really um, Give us the life that we need. And if I can just connect it to what um, Pastor Dennis uh, mentioned a while ago about resurrection, because if our loved one died, what we are hoping for is resurrection, because basically resurrection is from being in death, going to life. Um, and it's what we are hoping for, uh, that we will have, if, even though when we die, we will be able to leave, because that's what the scripture tells us about. Um, even in John chapter 5, um, Jesus said that those who will be able to hear his word will be able to receive life. And that's what I'm hoping for, that um, my father will be able to receive life as well, to, um, to, to hear 
Jesus' word and be able to receive life. Um, and that is something that we really have to, to reflect upon ourselves, that while we still have the opportunity in our lives right now to seek God, to know Him in order for us to receive life, because when, when we know that we are, what do you call this? When, when the reality comes, let's say, for example, um, Pastor Dennis mentioned about the funeral and it's easier to preach because it's there right in front of the reality that there's going to be death and we don't want to die because, because we want to have life. And if I can just connect it to what Jesus was preaching at the time of first coming, he said that there will come a time that the people will be able to, those in the grave will be able to hear the word of Jesus. And when they do good, um, they will be able to receive life. But when they do evil, they will be raised to be condemned. So even on that aspect, we can see that in the spiritual level or in the spiritual aspect, we could be alive or we could be dead in the eyes of, um, in the eyes of God. And, uh, it's important for us that our spirit will remain alive. And I think that's what, um, what I was trying to say earlier, that it's important for us to take care not, of, not only of our physical body, but also of our spiritual being. Right. Which I think I can also connect to like, you know, how everyone has unanimously expressed like death is scary, even if as Christians, we believe that, you know, there is life after um, this life that we know here on earth. It's scary because as you say, we are, I mean, we hope and pray and, you know, ask for God's grace and guidance that we will be able to, uh, we will die and go to heaven, right? But like, we don't know. Well, like, I'm not 100% sure if that's going to happen. And I think that's where the fear comes from. Is like, I know that's, I think, you know, from what I believe as a Christian, that's coming when I die. But will I go to heaven or will it be something else? Which is terrifying. And I think what, you know, Instructor Harold is saying that, yeah, according to the scripture, that is um, probably what we can expect. But again, you know, you always manage to like bring it back to the word of God, which again, I got a pretty good understanding of today and um right right so i mean you know again this was a free discussion that i had in mind and i think i got a good i got more than i could hope for i think i thought we were going to be quoting bible verses and stuff like that but we got very personal and we heard some really amazing stories and we shared our hope and our fear when it comes to death and I guess as people of faith, you know, even if we're from different denominations, this is the common hope that we hold on to is that we will die um, and find ourselves in the presence of God after yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, can I just share a last quote from uh, Henry Nguyen that helped me uh, sure. contemplate about death? He says, our fear of illness, death, and the future takes away our freedom and gives our society the power to manipulate us with threats and promises. When we reach beyond our fears to the one who loves us with an everlasting love, then oppression, persecution, and even death are unable to control us. All forms of evil, illness, and death lose their ultimate power over us. We come to the deep inner knowledge that we are born out of love and will die into love, that every part of our being is deeply rooted in love and that nothing can separate us from this love of God. Romans 8, 38-39. So we can marinate on that today, All Souls Day, <laughs> and end things with uh, K-pop hearts. All right. Well, yeah, so that was... <laughs> and the seed. Seed. Seed, seed post. <laughs> <Keep> apart, seed. <laughs> All right. 
So I hope you guys have a good day today, you know, spending it with a family. I don't know if you guys will be able to step. We're not allowed to do the whole cemetery usual thing, right? No. So keep safe. Um, although, yes, we are not controlled by the spirit of fear. You know, we... Ha- we <laughs> Brother J. Paul. Samgyop. Samgyop. Yes. And, um, you know, we entrust everything to God. All right. So for more of this, you know, as you heard, Pastor Dennis said earlier, he blogs about this stuff. Uh, Brother J. Paul just launched his own podcast on the Podcast Network Asia. And also Instructor Harold, you can get in touch with him for whatever. So let's plug away, guys, starting with Pastor Dennis. Yeah, for your love life, uh, email haroldresho at gmail.com. Yeah, you can find us at Victory Green Hills. Uh, and on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Instructor H. Um, since it's being aired November 2, yesterday is our official first ever um, online worship service that is open for everyone. So hopefully we'll see more of you in our um, every Sunday worship service. Again, um, there's uh, this is for free and you don't need to be a member for you to be able to listen to the word that we share. And we want to continue inviting you to also um, join us in our free Bible online class via Zoom app. And yes, um, email us at contact.nhnaph at gmail.com or send me a personal message in Facebook, Instagram, uh, Harold Resha and Harry Resha. All right, Brother J. Paul. If ladies, if you're looking for a consistent man, Harold Resha is available. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for and uh, pray for you know pray for your loved ones. Pray and during this November one, it's not we don't we're not doing our normal tradition and. Just worship God. Be with God today. And find me in the feast or just Chapel Hernandez. And God bless you. Thank you. I like this new advocacy of ours. Let's get Instructor Harold paired up. Shoot us an email. All right. We have an email too. The Narrow Door Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great day. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. God bless you guys. Bye.